Financial products are sold with ferocious passion at all times, but especially during down markets. But are these products good? We refer to the old saying, caveat emptor, buyer beware. Financial companies love to prey on people's fear of the stock market. Never let a good crisis go to waste. And the marketing of products by banks and insurance companies goes way up during turbulent markets. But should you buy these products? When we talk about products, we are not talking about accounts, right? Roth IRAs, 401ks, HSAs, these are not products. These are account types, and they all have great benefits and can be used in awesome strategies to do amazing things for you and your financial plan. When we say products, we're generally talking about insurance company or bank-produced products such as annuities, CDs, CDOs, cash value life insurance policies, and those types of products. Should we buy them? Are they a great place to go to during bad markets? And the first principle that we always should understand is that good strategies and behaviors beat financial products 95% of the time. Good strategies and behaviors beat financial products 95% of the time. Financial products have too much overhead and too many guarantees built into them for them to be the best for the customer. And what about the 5%? Right, There's always going to be some people that when you say, hey, 95% of the time you should not do this or you should do this. What about the 5%? There are some products that you need and that you should buy. If you have young dependent kids then and you're working to earn an income to provide for their needs then there is no strategy that is going to make up for that income if you pass away there's no accounts you can save into or investment strategies that will reproduce your income for the years it will be required that is why you buy a product level term insurance right i have two kids young kids and i have two million dollars in term insurance if i pass away that money can be used to generate an income that will continue to care for my kids long after I'm gone. And there is no strategy that can reproduce that. So I bought the product. Further, if you have a family that depends on your income and and you become sick or unable to work, your retirement accounts are probably not ready to generate income for life. As you save into and, and build up your accounts over time, eventually they will be able to do what you need them to do, but usually not younger in life. And so you need to buy a product, long-term disability insurance. That way, if you become unable to work, it will produce the income for you. And again, since I have young kids people and and a beautiful wife who's staying at home raising them right now, I have group insurance and an additional individual disability policies to ensure that if I am ever unable to work, that money keeps coming. There is no strategy that will replace that, at least not at this point in my life. If your $300,000 house burns to the ground, no strategy is going to replace that. You're not going to be able to withstand that hit to your accounts. You buy a product, homeowner's insurance. If you get a car accident where you are at fault and inflict $800,000 of damage, your discount auto insurance covering $300,000 is not very helpful. And there is no strategy that is going to make up for the other half million dollars that you will owe in liability. You do need to buy basic insurance products to cover your weak points, the essentials. 
We covered this in episode 20 on insurance you do and don't need. You can go to retirementship.com slash two zero to find that episode or you can scroll back through your podcast player if you want to know more. The basic products are good and it is when they start getting fancy that we need to beware. And so what, what products should we be aware of? And, and we need to be aware of any products that try to do more than one essential thing. Right? We don't cross our investments with our liability coverage. And so let's look at a few, a few principles, the hallmarks of a bad product. There's are some dead giveaways that a product will be poor and not the best thing for you in your financial life. And that is what financial planning is supposed to do, right? Especially fiduciary financial planning. We're trying to find the best strategies to help you achieve your goal. And bad products or just okay products are not the best. And so we want to avoid them. So here are some hallmarks of bad products. Number one, poor returns. Products, financial products, often have low single-digit annual returns. Some products like cash value life insurance have negative returns for years before they turn positive. And a small portion of your money and flexible fixed income is encouraged in many cases, especially if you're retired or you're needing to generate income. You do need some of that. But you shouldn't want this for most of your money. We don't want small, low, single-digit returns for the majority of our money, especially when inflation is raging at 8%. If your money is making 2 3 4%, and the cost of living is rising by six, seven, eight, like it is currently, you are losing money. You are losing money. And so we don't want poor returns. And this is especially damaging when you combine it with the next hallmark of a bad product, which is number two, locking up your money. These bad products often lock up your money. Most products lock up your money for a period of time often called the surrender period. If you pull the money out before the end of the surrender period, you will have to pay a surrender penalty, often between 5% and 12% of what you put in. Your money may also be locked up for up to 10 years. And people sell this garbage. Why would you want low returns, right? Especially when you combine those two, why would you want low returns for long periods? The typical seven-year surrender period, you know, if you, if you, you know, you might be offered a fixed or fit, fixed indexed annuity that promises it will average three to 4% per year over those seven years, or about 20 to 30% total return over that time. Okay, if you don't actually need the money for seven or more years, are you can afford to lock up a portion of your money for seven or more years, why would you want to only make three or 4%? Again, especially when inflation is raging at 6 to 8%. You are locking up your money and losing money if inflation rates continue, which, of course, we hope they don't, for that amount of time. 3 to 4%, that's what you want on your short-term money. And you're flexible. You can get it at any time, use it for any reason, short-term money. We don't want that on our mid to long-term money. At a 10% average equity returns, your money would double over seven years, a 100% return, not a 20 or 30% return. And as of this writing with the S&P 500 temporarily down, I'm recording this earliest, I don't know when you're listening to this, but right now it's down around 24% from its all-time high, it will recover 30%. It will need to go up 30% just to recover. Do you think that it will take seven years for the market to recover? 
If you only want to earn 30% over time, why would you lock it up for seven years in order to get that? There are better, more flexible ways to get 30% in ways that you do that with strategy, not with a product. And number three, uh, third hallmark of a bad product is the massive commissions. Financial products are extremely profitable for the insurance companies and banks that produce them, and they can pay fat commissions to their representatives to sell them. That's 50 to 100% of the first year's premium on insurance policies and usually 3 to 10% of the total premium on annuity products. So if you get sold an insurance policy at $500 per month, the rep will get paid somewhere between $3,000 and $6,000 to sell that to you. Sure, they'll make these percentages on term insurance and disability too, but there's a big, big difference between a $6,000 commission on a lousy hybrid of insurance and an investment, like a cash value policy, and a $600 commission on the full term coverage that you need. Plus, if you're only paying 50 bucks a month on the term, you can invest that difference, and it, it's just worlds apart. And if you get sold an annuity that you put $300,000 into because you cannot bear to see the temporary dip in value, that representative gets paid 7% on it. Or if they do, they're making $21,000, $21,000 to sell you that product. Are they selling it to you because it's actually a great product, because it's actually best for you, or are they selling it because they make a ton of money on it? In addition to the commissions to the frontline salespeople, these all these products have underwriting and administration costs that are very expensive and are produced by companies that will bake a healthy profit into those products as well. And I'm not opposed to profit, but the total of all these lines of expenses degrade your returns and your flexibility over time. And you cannot build your fortune if all your money is going into products that build theirs. So what products should you be aware of? Beware of these products. People are, in particular, are fleeing to annuities these days with the turbulent markets, and those are the primary ones to look out for. So fixed annuities. These lock up your money with some of the worst returns imaginable. And I have never, repeat, never seen an instance where someone should buy a fixed annuity. Never, right? Almost everything we talk about in this podcast has some kind of nuance, some kind of, hey, there's an exception, you know, okay, it's right for every 95% of people, 99% of people, whatever. I've never seen a situation where someone should have bought a fixed annuity. Never. Uh, fixed indexed annuities. These products will often masquerade as an investment product. They will tell you that hey, it's indexed against the S&P 500 or some other stock market index, right? But, and, and they'll have some floor and some cap, you know, some floor though that, so let's say, hey, it's, you know, it'll, it'll track the S&P 500, but you can't lose money in this product. And we'll do a separate episode on these sometime uh, because they're they're sold a lot these days and, and people are, I think, misled a lot on exactly what they're getting into. But I would also never recommend these to anyone. Beware of anyone pitching a fixed index annuity to you. It's not actually as good as it will seem in the sales presentation. In particular, it's the fixed part of the fixed index uh, annuity that makes these a no-go. 
right? There are some just index or index variable annuities that are not as bad as the fixed index annuities. And the, and the price return of these products will actually mimic the index. And they usually offer some downside protection with a, with a high cap. But you do give up the dividends that the index pays by being in these products. So even though the price will track the S&P 500 or whatever else, you're giving up all the dividends from the S&P 500 over whatever the period is. So if you lock your money into these for seven years, you're giving up dividends for seven years. And dividends make up a good chunk of the total return of investing in equities. So you are still giving up some of your total return for these products. Uh, Variable annuities would be another one. And again, these are not nearly as bad as fixed uh, annuities. I don't think they're even as bad as fixed index annuities. But the fees on any annuity are ridiculous. And the benefits you get in exchange for those fees are not great. And I've talked about this in my book and elsewhere, but most annuities generate a flat income that is guaranteed for life and will have in value over your lifetime as costs rise. They may also offer a guaranteed increase in value every year of like 6% or maybe some more than that. But that is generally only on the basis of that flat income. You're not going to get a guaranteed 6% each year and then you can just take out the balance at any time. It's only on what is used to generate that flat income. And so if you're considering a variable annuity, I implore you to research other strategies before you buy these very expensive products. And the book is a good place to start. Whole life, universal life, index life, variable life insurance, all these cash value or permanent life insurance policies are also products to beware of. There's lots of great ways that people can sell these, lots of bells and whistles they can toot and ways uh, that these will be sold. And we covered, there's so many of them, we covered all of them in a series of episodes. Uh, episodes 14, 15, 16, and 17. It took us four episodes just to cover the 10 most common myths about permanent life insurance in our Life Insurance Lies series. In short, almost no one should own these. And if you do own these, you should get them evaluated. If you want to go back and listen to those episodes, again, retirementship.com slash 14 will get you to the start of those things. Or you can, you know, follow the, go to the, the show notes of this episode, retirementship.com slash 69, and they'll have links out to all those other episodes in the blog. Uh, lastly, beware of anything new and shiny. Beware of anything new and shiny. Beware of anything that they say is new or improved uh, products. You know, insurance companies are always coming out with new products and twists on old products all the time in order to boost sales. And I can't always keep up with every, I don't, I don't keep up with every new product, but anytime I've seen one, it'll always sound great at the beginning and there's always a catch. And when you really dig down into them, they're always bad, in my opinion. I don't haven't seen any that I would recommend. So beware. So, for example, right, this just came up uh, this past week. I recently heard of a new twist on the venerable term life insurance policy. Right? And we already covered that. Like, if you have kids, uh, you need term life. And so this is a twist, though, that they built into a policy you actually need. They started making it fancy. And what is the result? This company decided that people can't be trusted to get a lump sum insurance benefit, right? Can't trust them to do the right thing. They claim that 
people waste, that most people waste the money that gets paid out from a lump sum death benefit that they don't have the discipline to make it last, similar to, you know, winning a lottery. So their solution is what they call an income term life. And I'm not going to use the exact name because we're not going to poke fun at exact companies, but here's here's the deal, right? Suppose that you needed $1.2 million in coverage. And instead of paying your family the full tax-free benefit if you die, instead, they will pay them $20,000 up front for the funeral and then pay out the $1.2 million in monthly installments over 20 years. So $5,000 per month tax-free will get paid out to you. And they, they that's great, right? Because if you earn $5,000 a month, you don't actually get that. It's going to get reduced by taxes and all these other things. But this is $5,000 a month tax-free for 20 years. Guarantee will be paid out to your loved ones. And the premium for this policy is 20% less than regular term. Sounds great, right? Cheaper insurance, you're guaranteed the tax-free income over life, you can't waste it. Sounds amazing, right? Wrong. You are giving up any and all interest or investment returns you could have earned on that money over that time. It'd be akin to sticking all that money, $1.2 million, in a savings account, just a savings account, and pulling out the $5,000 each month. But since we can't trust people to do that, of course, we better do it for them. You were giving up a massive amount of returns by taking it as a monthly payment instead of upfront. Plus, $5,000 a month will not be worth $5,000 a month in 20 years. That will be cut in half by inflation. You should get standard level term life insurance. And if you pass, the money could be handed over to a sound investment strategy. A strategy, a good strategy like 3D retirement income can produce the same $5,000 per month plus inflation raises as needed forever, right? Not a flat income for 20 years, a rising income indefinitely. That is good strategy. This is a dumb product. Why would, like, it's such a dumb product and, and the person who was explaining it to me was going on and on about how great and how popular it was. And it's one of the worst products I've ever heard of. So beware of anything new and shiny or any twists on old things that are supposedly to make them better. And as you build your financial plan, either by yourself or with professional help, beware of bad products. If it's fancy and complicated with lots of bells and whistles, it's probably bad. Those who sell them are not required to act in your best interest. And if you own any financial products, get them evaluated by a fee-only fiduciary. You don't want to just go to another, any financial advisor to get a second opinion, because if they work for an insurance company or a broker-dealer, they will likely agree that your product is terrible, and then turn around and recommend a different one that they claim is better, and that incidentally they'll get paid on. A fee-only fiduciary financial planner is transparently paid only by you and does not sell nor receive any commissions or compensation on any financial products. If it's genuinely in your best interest, they will tell you so because they must act in your best interest. And if there's a better strategy than a product, they will tell you that too. You can find a fee-only fiduciary near you at feeonlynetwork.com, feeonlynetwork.com. And as always, you're welcome to interview our team as well, lacrosse financial planning 
com. Links to all these are in the show notes. As a fee-only fiduciary planners, we will always act in your best interest and give you comprehensive and unbiased advice on all financial topics without selling any financial products. Have a plan. Stick to the plan. Strategies are better than products. Stay the course. Do not be scared into buying products. Beware of products. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that, you would love being part of our free membership community. It's called Retire Membership, and it has a host of benefits all for free. For example, you can always buy my book, 3D Retirement Income, on Amazon. But if you join us at Retire Membership, we will send you either a hard copy or paperback for free, provide the ebook and the audiobook so that you can listen to it if you don't have time to read it. In addition to that, we'll also provide you with a bunch of content that you can't get anywhere else. For example, we have our quarterly retire mentorship magazine, which comes out quarterly and has no ads whatsoever. It's just timely content to help you stay the course. We also have workbooks for our free online workshop to help you get the most out of those, flowcharts to help you make better decisions, and a weekly email to provide timely content that you can unsubscribe from at any time. We never ask for any payment information, and we never share your information with anyone else. We just want to provide timely content and help you stay the course to retire successfully and stay successfully retired. There's no reason to wait, so join us now at retiremembership.com, where you can click in the link in the description, and it'll go right there. We can't wait to see you in the community. Cheers. This podcast is educational only and is not investment, tax, or legal advice.